Hello, Internet, and hello to everybody listening to the live stream right now. You are listening to the Making Geeks podcast, the podcast for makers, dads, and geeks. We are back again with another great show for you, and we have our co-host here, Mr. Josh Price. Hello. Mr. Mark O'Keefe. Going on. Mr. Wes Swain. Hello, hello. And we have a very special guest today from Never Not Making, Mr. Matt Reganini. Hey, fellas. Hey, good day, hey, buddy. What's up? Hey, good to be here. Thanks. If you're not watching the YouTube live right now, or don't, or if you don't plan on going watching it later, uh, Matt is dressed in probably the best attire any one of us could ever hope for uh, for a guest on the show. I agree. Yeah, he takes the cake for uh, for preparedness for being a guest mm-hmm. on the show. Best, best dressed, best dressed, best dressed. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah. There's only so many times a year that you can wear a full Ghostbusters outfit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you put, you put the money into it and you want to make the most out of it. it is We're glad we can indulge you that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, honey, it's worth it. It's for work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has her own. My wife has her own, so. Oh, that's you're lucky I didn't wear hers because it's. A bit a more, more form-fitting. <laughs> <laughs> so how you guys been doing this week? Pretty good. I had to shovel today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Congrats. It's uh, been snowing here, but I haven't had to shovel. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> White stuff that falls from the sky is kind of chilly sometimes. Snow? What? What's that? I've actually never been in the snow, so I still don't know. Really? Like ever? Never. Nope. It took me a while, but it's pretty fun when you finally do it. It sounds like you guys all live in Narnia. <laughs> it feels like we live in Narnia. <laughs> I, yeah, might as well. We're we're expecting what nor'easter number five on Sunday. Ah, uh, you can yeah, shift more this way. Yeah. For your margaritas. I'm getting, I love snow and I love storms, but this is getting ridiculous. We had about two feet last week. Good um, God. On one, one hit. This last night was a, about 16 inches. Uh-huh. And it, it just came out of nowhere too, because it was raining and raining. And then I, I was helping my buddy move and I'm looking out the window. I'm like, all right, it's not that bad. Go paint his living room, come back. And it is just, you can't see across the street. Well, when it's that volume of snow, does it like how impactful is it on your cities? I know how it, it would be here. I feel like you guys are more prepared for it than we are. So, or is it just is there a certain level where it's still just as devastating as far as like getting around and clearing it out and all that stuff, digging out of it? What's the level where it's like, oh, that's too much? I I think and it, it shuts stuff down. It regard it comes down to everyone's an idiot in the snow. Okay. So the the amount of snow is really just can your car still drive in it and it gets to a certain point where you can't. But before that, it's everything can be good, but people are idiots. Okay, I guess the question should be reworded. When do they cancel schools? To what depth? Oh, uh, that that before the snow even hits and it might not be any accumulation at all. The scare of it is enough to cancel schools. Okay. 
Yeah, hmm. they they canceled they canceled a bunch of schools out here uh, last night for today, and we got a quarter of an inch today, and it's <laughs> yeah. and it's gone. It's already gone. So I've, I've said stuff like that has happened here too. Like you you get maybe a dusting, but there every news media is oh we're gonna get hit with everything. No, no, we didn't get hit with anything. You could have went this. Yeah, they were they made that mistake here in Raleigh. They didn't put out the warning like that and kids got caught midday traveling home on the bus uh, and they got stranded on interstates. People got ran, ran out of gas on the interstates. They had abandoned their cars. There's that one famous meme where there's like a car fire in the distance and there's like a couple people walking into the foreground. That's from Raleigh. <laughs> and that was maybe like three inches of snow. If that man. Yeah. They would like uh, Photoshop like um, like ATAT Walker like in the distance or like Stay Puff Marshmallow Man like some sort of Armageddon scene. Pretty awesome. They should cancel school out here when it rains. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost, it's almost the same problem. We used to get hurricane days. It was the same thing. All the little squiggly lines on the Weather Channel that shows that the hurricane's going to come destroy your house, and it's like oh, and then they cancel school, and then it bust a hard right or left and then it's just the most beautiful kind of day and you go to the beach and it was really nice <laughs> well sean do you, you do you guys get mudslides when you get a ton of rain um not in the areas that i live and work no. um that's more that's a little bit closer to the coast okay. i'm about 25 30 miles inland um yeah we're, we're just kind of gotcha. like los angeles adjacent nice so man i know you live in right outside of boston right Yep. Yeah, so on our trip, we got to go and hang out. And you have a big lake, like across the street. has a lake frozen over, and you guys talk about going uh, ice skating. Yep. Has it happened this season? Uh, it happened once. Uh, well, I mean, the the lake has been frozen, uh, was frozen solid for a good month and a half. It's now wide open water again, not a, not a piece of ice on it. But um, yeah, as soon as, it's, as soon as it's frozen, the whole neighborhood is out there skating. Um, you know, we had the little one this year and so he was, you know, just got to sit in his sled, but, uh, because of the, it's sort of a use it or lose it moment. If you're not, if you're not out there right away when it, when it, uh, freezes, you kind of lose your opportunity. Cause once you get a, a good snowstorm, it kind of ruins the ice. You're just, huh. you know, skating through slush at that point. Mm. But yeah, we had, we had one good, one good family skate this year, but we usually, you know, we're usually out there drinking with the neighbors in the in the middle of the night with uh, flashlights <laughs> and flasks. Nice. Uh, huh. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. It does. <laughs> it snowed the perfect amount here, where it'll get like three or four inches, but the roads are still fine. You can still drive; nobody's crashing. But there was like, I guess, one bus incident. A couple years ago, so now anytime it snows, everybody's freaking out because they don't want to be sued. So all the kids got to stay home. Like my kids are Florida kids, so the only time they've seen snow was like the other day. So they're out making a snowman, and it's all just nasty, deformed thing with a carrot in the yard. Now that the snow's all melted, so it's really fun for them. It's winter wonderland. It was gone by this afternoon. Did you have to teach them the dangers of uh, eating the yellow snow? No, they know nothing about that. <laughs> it's lemonade. The lemons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I should probably have that talk. Or brown <laughs> snow or other different colors. <clears throat> Be like Will Ferrell when he goes to New York. Do not pick up the street gum. Woo, candy. 
<laughs> so Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, man? Uh, I'm a guy. I make mm-hmm. stuff. Um, okay. You're no, qualified um, to be here. Good. Cool. Yeah, I got a, I got a kid. I like geeky stuff and I make stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I am a maker in my part time in my free time and in real life full time job. I'm a designer, um, which you know the two things go kind of hand in hand. Um, but I've been building things since I was a kid. You know like all you guys starting with Legos. And then uh, once I moved, once I became like around a teenager, started working job sites with family, uh, doing carpentry, Um, thought maybe that was what I wanted to do, but maybe I also wanted to do art. So I went to art school, uh, studied industrial design, did a product design. And then when I got out, I worked as a fabricator for almost a decade, um, designing and building uh, retail displays. And that was a fun time. And then I kind of got out of that Started working as a designer, more of a desk job, uh, using my hands less, less and less, sort of like losing my skills. And then, uh, you know, decided like, hey, I got to really push myself to get those skills back because, you know, it's important. It's important to be uh, well-rounded, you know, get out there in the shop and uh, as much as you're sitting at a desk. So I started um, doing the YouTube thing, um, saw a few people's videos, said, Hey, you know, I think I have something to share too. Um, and just started kind of keeping track of things. And I'm notoriously bad at keeping track of my work. It's usually one and done and out the door and I never have a picture. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of been like a, a good way to, for me to keep a portfolio and then also just kind of meet some cool people. Absolutely. We were in Boston. I think we got a chance to see quite a bit of your work uh, that was used to um, not really decorate. Well, actually, it was kind of decorating, but like the seating and the tables, right, in the area that we were in. That mm-hmm. was some really impressive work. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for anyone that wasn't there, yeah. Uh, so let's take a step back on that point yeah. right there. So we all <laughs> met Matt in Boston. So when we were at the Making It One Hundred event, was the last? It was some December's ago. Over a year ago. Over a year, ago. Yeah. A year yeah. change. That whole event happened in the Converse World Headquarters in Boston. And it happened there because of Matt. So why don't you tell us how that all went down and how how did we all meet in that location? As crazy as it was, how did that all come together on your end? Yeah, I mean, on my end, I uh, you know I knew knew the Making It podcast. Um, you know, those three guys, whatever their names are, um, Steve and <laughs> no, Jimbo and Steve Marco, Craig. Steve John and Montgomery. Um, <laughs> No, you know, I was really I listened to the making making it podcast, and uh, you know, it was time for them to find a locale, and I was like, hey, you know, we, my company had just moved into this great huge new building, and uh, I was like, I wonder if my boss will let me have guests over. So, you know, I just like put myself out there and uh, wrote, up, wrote up a little proposal. Just saying, like, hey, like, we have this opportunity to host these creatives, and it'd be a good chance to, like, kind of do the right thing for people who are like our customers and uh, who love our products and who are also, like, really awesome, creative people. And it'd be a great opportunity for, you know, my coworkers to be able to come uh, check these, check out the festivities too. Um, so I just drew up a proposal and, um, you know, 
submitted it to my boss and my boss's boss and it went all the way up to the CEO and they wow. said, yeah. So, you know, it's sort of just one of those things where you, if you have an opportunity and you just, you just ask and sometimes, sometimes it works out. I mean, if I, if we weren't there, if, if I had been working in a, if I was a mechanic working in a garage that was big enough to hold 300 people, I would have asked to, if, uh, to hold it so there. You want, to, you want to mention what the company was just for context for people that don't know? Oh yeah, we were at the Converse uh, World Headquarters in Boston. Um, so yeah, and you know I had reached out to Bob and I was like, I might be able to make this work. And he was like, No thanks, we already have a spot. Because <laughs> it was an Autodesk, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think uh, they just outgrew it really quick. Yeah. So then um, he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna look to take you up on that offer. So I said, <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to have you and your three hundred or three hundred of your. Uh, stranger friends in my place of business. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that actually presented a unique opportunity for us, not just because we were one of the presenters that day, but that was the first and only time that we've ever met each other face to face as a podcast. Yeah. And so it kind of mm-hmm. helped help that happen as well. I'm glad I could be your, your match.com. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I've got to tell you guys um, a funny story about that, that event. I had to, um, you know, register guests with security and I had told Bob like, Hey, uh, let me know who's coming on that first day. Cause he was just planning on like dropping some stuff off, checking out the scene. And I was like, cool, just send me a list of everyone's names. So I, so I know who's coming. And, um, you never, it never, the list never went through. So then all of a sudden it was four o'clock in the afternoon and like 30 people are down at the door <laughs> wanting to come in. And, uh, it was like, I mean, security is cool. They, they know me or whatever, but I was like, it was like overwhelming. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> Cause I mean, rightly so we just kind of took over the space. It was yeah. a really awesome space. It's a big communal area on like the, the ground floor. It had like a coffee bar and like we owned the joint walked in there with a couple boxes full of random stuff and just set up shop. Oh yeah, and you guys were completely furniture. oblivious to what was going on around us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there were people like walking by, giving us goofy looks. We're like, "What? We have a thing going here." <laughs> are you invited? Are you invited yeah. to this thing? You're yeah. not on our roster, person who works here every day of your life. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Pachudo. I think Pachudo elbowed the AV guy out of the way, you know, to get to the soundboard and start start doing uh, oh, sound yeah. checks and stuff. Um, no, you know what that. I think everyone going in was a little nervous. You don't know how, uh, you know, 300 people are going to react in the space together and mm-hmm. you know, having all you guys up on stage, you know, for the first time, no one really, really everybody's at a disadvantage. Right. But I got to say like that whole weekend went off like without a hitch down oh, yeah. to the, down to the point where we were wrapping up and all, all of the guests at, at the venue just started, picking up their chairs and stacking them up neatly and made these little piles. And like, we had paid people to come do that later. And yet you guys just <laughs> mm-hmm. jumped in like without being asked and just like stacked up your pizza boxes for recycling. And, you know, it was just such a good, such a good experience. Nice. And it was really fun. It was, it was really nerve wracking. Cause like up to the moment that like we walked on stage, we were the first act we were still figuring out. Everybody was still figuring out like what we were doing because we were talking to Bob and Dave and all the other podcasts. Like we were like, well, who should we go first? Like maybe you should go first. And that was happening 
the evening prior. And then we were going to have John Berard from MakerCast as like the MC. I was like, when should you go up? Like, ah, go up on there. Yeah, maybe now. Like, do we have a mouse for the thing? We're like, ah, let's go find some stuff. And so it was, it was hodgepodge together. So if you were in the crowd and it did seem to go off like a hitch, that was kind of amazing because we were literally pulling it out of our butt like every other mm-hmm. moment. <laughs> well, the, the batteries died in the clicker. That was not. Oh, really yeah. So the AV guy didn't change those batteries. Way to go, AV guy. Oh, man. You guys need a refund? (laughs) Well, no, it was so cool because Matt took us on a tour. So we got to go up all the different floors here watching people design. Like, design. here's the people that are doing Chuck Taylors, people doing clothing lines, people doing so many awesome things that we weren't allowed to take pictures. And then it was like, Oh, I just go over to a pile of these like experimental designer shoes. I was like, go grab them and handing them off to people. Who wears a nine and a half? Like I remember Petruto <laughs> walked out with like a pair of all leather, super baller, white chucks. It's, you happen to have the right shoe size, you can get a pair of you know, non-available in-store Chuck Taylors. It was crazy. That's the problem with being a 12 and a half. You don't get crap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those those uh those were all my uh <clears throat> part of my personal collection that I brought in that big that big bag, all oh, the ones yeah. I thought oh, yeah just they're just two those were the ones I didn't want to wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was such a fun time. Like it was neat because that was my second trip to Boston. I don't know how many of you guys have been to Boston before, but it was the first time you would go for like something businessy or something proper, and it was like a, such a cool venue. And the first time for us to meet in person, like what a better stage. Like we couldn't find a cooler place to do that. Nope. It was so neat. Yeah. And it was a great time for me too. Cause it was, you know, I had really enjoyed meeting you guys and just, you know, I'm fairly new to the whole YouTube community and it was like an instant way to just meet a grip of like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely came away from that with like some, solid relationships not just like contacts but like you know you form some relationships you hang out for a weekend you form a bond it's not just it's not the same as you know hitting someone up on messenger like right. in a cold call type of way friendship forge over clam chowder <laughs> mm. so you are a new dad I am. so you're an independent cool guy <clears throat> now you're a cool guy with a kid Mm-hmm. If you now could go back to five, six years ago, you give yourself the rundown on being a new dad. What tips? Like, what do you need to know beforehand? What, oh, you should have learned this. You're going to need to know this. For all the people out there in our audience that might not be new dads or that are expecting, what is like one thing that my wife and I joke about is like, we used to be cool. Like, <laughs> We were for real. We were cool until you three children like sucked the life out of us. And now we're just regular. So you're still cool. So how do you tell the cooler version of yourself back then? How do you prepare to have a kid? Oh, man. I mean, I don't First of all, I don't know that I was ever that cool. <laughs> I don't um, have a bloody headed picture outfit. of James Dean on my wall. <laughs> um, you know, I think the biggest thing, um, when we were waiting for the child, I, I was given a good piece of advice by another dad I was friends with. And he said, um, lots of people are going to have advice for you. Pretend to take all of it. Just whatever mm. people say, just say, just agree with and say, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. 
because it will just help you avoid so many awkward conversations and it's arguments so with people who think, you know, whatever you're doing is wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think, you know, for myself looking back, it's like, just prepare to be unimportant for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're looking at, you know, my wife had to have a C-section on, un, you know, an unplanned C-section because, you know, our baby was in distress and uh, I don't think I really prepared myself for what that meant for her recovery. Um, you know, when you have something like that, you can't pick up your baby from his from his crib. Like someone has to, someone has to hand you the baby. Um, so like any any sense of like self importance or like <clears throat> that you think you have for yourself, um, you know, just be prepared to put that aside for a bit because you are suddenly the least important person in the house. Um, so, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough on like a few levels to kind of like realize that. Um, but, and man, I don't think I would have been prepared if this was 10 years ago. I was way too busy being selfish and having fun, you know, at 20, 27. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how those younger dads do it, man. I just, uh, cause I would not have had the patience. Mm. I'm still not that young and I'm still trying to find patience. <laughs> <laughs> I think it also helps too that I'm like pretty much an insomniac in general. So like the lack of sleep doesn't really affect me, but, uh, <laughs> is that the special daddy son hangout time? Yeah, exactly. It was, <laughs> it was at least for, you know, the first few months, but you know, I did the, the, you know, 6 PM to 2 AM shift and, and then <laughs> don't pass him over to, here. Yeah, yeah. And then pass them over to my wife to take care of for a few hours. <laughs> Would you guys answer that question in a different way? Would it be different for everybody? That, that same mm. idea. Yeah, I, I do. I absolutely agree with what he said. Prepare to be not important. Um, also, just be practice your patience. You know, it's it's not going to be that way forever. It's just. You know, the first and and your life will significantly change like mine's going to be three. And for the first for the first two years, I was even to her, I was kind of completely unimportant, you know, because you don't have what mommy has to, you know, make her life great. So (laughs) the personal mini fridge. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. That's that's a good one. I was trying to. I was drawing a blank on how to other phrase that. We, we get how it works. It's okay. Uh, but but now she's like, I'm starting to be better than mom because I can pick her up and fly her around the room and and you know I I toss her around. My wife's like, be careful. I'm like, she's still smiling. It's fine. <laughs> so. Yeah, it does. It does. Everything does change. It is in a constant state of flux. And if things start to suck, just remember, you know, it's not going to be that way forever. It's just currently difficult in some way, shape or form, and it will change and it will get better. So I actually had a huge revelation like before we got on tonight before I got on. I was late. I'm sorry. Like my son, we were getting on to him. We had to discipline him for what he he was like throwing snowballs at his brother and freaking out. And so as I was talking to him, I guess for the first time, like I have three kids and I should have thought about this earlier, 
And if I could go back and tell my past self, you just need to know like what, what you stand for. Cause like I'm trying to correct behavior and I'm trying to discipline him. And I'm like, what are, what do you even care about? It's like to be consistent. Right. And so as I'm talking to him, I'm talking about like, look, this is a standard of behavior. Like anything below this standard of behavior, like is not acceptable. And then I'm like, well, we set the standard for a reason. And in my head, I'm like, what is that what is reason? Standard? I got to come up with it right now. What is it? Yeah. And I'm like, I tell you to do all these things, but I'm like, there's a reason why we tell you. And I'm like, what is your reason? <laughs> That's a great I did a really good job. <laughs> oh, it was nuts, but it was flowing. And I'm like, there are three things that I really care about, like as a dad. And I was telling Deacon and he was super receptive and I feel I'm on a high from like a parenting win tonight. I was like, my first thing is that I have to keep you guys from dying. So you have to eat. You can't run out into the road. You can't like throw rocks at each other's face and that kind of stuff. I was like, you know, the second thing is that you need to be like an upstanding citizen and treat other people the way they should be treated. It's like, so you be nice to the people. You don't be mean to your brother. You use your manners or whatever. And the third thing is something I've told them many, many times. I was like, and the third is that you cannot be a white trash hooligan. <laughs> it's like, so you eat food at the table so you don't get stains on my couch. So when people come over, they think I'm a white trash hooligan because I got crap all over my couch. You put all your shoes over by the thing. So there's just that garbage all over the place. You don't scream in public. Like it's a, it's a nice little catch all. And so <laughs> I summed up like, the reasons why I'd say the things I say in those three key like tenets. And I was like, this is awesome. It's and like the three laws me. of robotics. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the, the three laws of dad. I was like, if you don't interrupt any one of those three things, then we'll be super cool. We will jive all day long. You start rocking the boat in those three areas. You need to check yourself. But I was like, this was, it was clarifying to me. And he was totally receptive. And so I was like throwing out these scenarios. I'm like, all right, when I said this, why do you think I said that? He was like, so I didn't die. And because I was acting like a white trash hooligan, I'm like, bingo. <laughs> That's exactly right. He can be taught. And like, we both came to an understanding and we like, we shook hands and we walked off. I was like, this was amazing. So if I could tell my past self, it's like, you need to figure that out earlier. So that when you do care about stuff, like, <laughs> does it affect these three things? If not, I really don't care. So it's know early on what you stand for and then hit those <clears throat> things. But everything else is just kind of like, whatever, they're kids. I do, I do appreciate that you didn't eliminate throwing rocks altogether. It's just don't throw them at your face. Well, yeah. Endanger the lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Deacon got hit square in between the eyes with this big rock oh. by his younger brother. So we had to pull that up as a, a case study. <laughs> and that was, don't die. You could have got killed. And now you got this stupid scar in the middle of your face like a white trash hooligan. Like, and you didn't, I bet you didn't want to be hit in the face. I was like, that's all three. So. <laughs> I could actually picture Josh pulling out like studies and, and you know like surveys and research for his kids on this stuff. This is, what, this is why you don't throw rocks. 
I was doing hand motions, and I wonder if I had like plotted graph paper, I absolutely would have done it. <laughs> you went back below the minimum accepted behavior threshold. <laughs> it's thirty five. A factor of two. You don't want to just do the bare minimum, do you? <laughs> so, Wes, what would you tell your older self or younger younger self? Uh, not counting the recent allegations, but all of the parenting tips that the Huxtables had, I should have written them things down. <laughs> now that makes sense. <laughs> all you of should, them. You should lead off with that. <laughs> it wouldn't have been as interesting had it gone the other way. I had, had you guys on the hook. I would want See? to follow that, yeah. Well, in your own defense, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the Huxtables. Technically, yes. That's true. Mm, yeah, that's true. Huxtables are fine. They're, that's correct. He was a little bit purpose, questionable. Purposely innocent, fictitious character. That's that is correct, but he he would always like sit Theo down and have like a nice heart to heart, and like I, I remember watching him as a kid like man, because I I grew up with my grandparents and not ideal like not the normal, uh, parental kind of structure, so I was like man I wish I had my dad that could tell me things like he's to you know I always always envious of that sort of relationship so I wish I took notes for my future self when I became a dad so I could use those I might go back and rewatch them because they're, they're pretty good like uh, breaking it down so they can understand cause, oh. wear sweaters like a boss underline twice <laughs> <laughs> like he always had like teachable moments you know like a lot of those shows had like a little moral thing at the end and stuff but um, I don't Maybe See, I find myself trying to yeah. turn all things into a teachable moment, and you get really preachy. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's part of my problem. Mm. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, man. No, you're good. I don't have any specifics. That's that's kind of my general uh, wish. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you know creating teachable moment. I think you know you're having you're showing substance there to your kid, and it's not just that stereotypical because I told you so. Which I think was also a Huxtable thing. <laughs> so if you're not going to do that because I told you so, it's because they don't have a reason at the, you know at ready. the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's their like catch-all. <laughs> you got to get through the screaming to be able to hit a teachable moment, and that for me is I think the hardest part because I just true. I like the noise and the, I hate that sound. And yeah. So it's they come at you with screaming, and it's the equal or opposite reaction, and you have to be able to humble yourself. To just make yourself so small in that moment, just to let them get it out. And my wife heard somewhere that the thing about the tunnel. Have you guys heard about the tunnel? They're in motion tunnel. Imagine if they're a train and they're going in through a tunnel. And this was she was half joking. This is not some sincere thing that she abides by, but it has speckles of truth. But so they're upset and they're crying and they're screaming. And you're so stop screaming, stop crying, up right now. They can't work out their emotions. You're trying to get a train to turn while it's in a tunnel and you have to let the train go all the way through the tunnel. And then when they're processed, all those emotions, then you can get to that core. I'm like, that's super dumb. Your analogy is dumb. The whole point is not dumb. Sound like but a just... bunch of hippy dippy crap to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's now whenever they're like screaming, freaking out and she's like, ah, I'm like, no, no, they're in their tunnel. <laughs> Nice ammo. <laughs> oh man! But it does have some truth. Like, don't derail them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to take us off track for just a moment. Did it seem like? Oh, Mark, Mark, nice one. Nice pun. Isn't Mark slowly turning into Joel Telling? 
Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, fair enough. I didn't. Mm-hmm. His hair spiking yep. up. It's the messy internet hair. I got to start somewhere, right? It's Joel and. Uh, you do worse. Uh, Beverly Crusher. <laughs> Beverly Crusher. Crusher. <laughs> no, whatever, whatever I forget his name. Will we? Oh, Wesley. Wesley? Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> Willie. Mm-hmm. Willie Crusher. <laughs> All right, back to the regular program. So you're kind of killing it with your with your baby furniture. It's true. It's super awesome. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully not killing any babies with my baby furniture. <laughs> Wrong phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. As long as there's enough wood glue there, you're fine. Yeah, they just have to be the right. Name it. Start with the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's been fun. Um, you, you know, other people have done. There's been a lot of Star Wars stuff out there, and you know, a few people have said to me like, "Hey, you're totally you're you're not building that for your kid. You're building it for yourself." And, and they're right. They're absolutely right. This is welcome my to kid, fatherhood. My kid has zero interests. He's nine months old. Like this so is absolutely for, for me. For those aren't that aren't inter- that don't know about you already. Yeah. So um, what were your projects? The first project was uh, my ATAT rocking horse, which. Uh, you know, there were there there are a few other ones out there, but I I wanted to do make mine from scratch and you know use the X carp as much as possible because my time has been so limited now that the baby's here that uh, to have an ar- an army of robots to do mm-hmm. to do my cutting for me um, as much as possible has really helped. So you know, I designed the ATAT rocking horse from scratch and. Um, you know that that was a lot of fun. It got like a pretty good, pr- pretty good reception by people. And then the follow up that to that was the the high chair, which was initially just going to be a piece of wall art because I eventually want to build like a whole plywood vehicle scene, like a battle scene type of thing in 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 the in his room. And uh, you know this this little you know walker was going to be just a piece of wall art, and I sent Wes a sketch and I was like, Hey, Hey man, check this out. And he just replied, hi chair. And then I was, <laughs> oh, well now it is, <laughs> it was going to, it was going to be 12 inches tall. Uh, <laughs> but now it, it, now it has to be a high chair. So, uh, you know, that instantly was like reengineering everything. And, uh, and then it just made it happen. And, uh, and it is hilarious, man. And then, I think I started building it before Last Jedi came out, uh, just before. And then when I saw BB-8 riding that thing uh, in the oh, movie, man. I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, this is gonna this is gonna kill it." <laughs> so I mean, yeah. you know, and then I had to had to get the order the kid the little BB-8 baby eight costume <laughs> and uh, baby eight baby eight and uh, you know that was just a lot of fun. And in you know it's funny I had I posted a picture online and. Uh, Adam Savage got a hold of it and retweeted it, and it just like wow. my phone was some my phone was just like it wasn't on silent. It was just you know I was getting all these alerts on the on the uh, side table of my house, and I legitimately thought there was an Amber Alert because it was just <laughs> rattling off the table. It was a geek alert, and I and I look and it was just like thousands of like retweets and responses, and then I had like a few friends, you know, a couple designer friends, and even a lawyer buddy. Um, they were like, you got to protect that. You got to protect that. Take those pictures down. And I was like, but, but Adam Savage just, <laughs> come on. 
uh, so yeah, people made me nervous and I, and I took it down and in hindsight, obviously it just like, there was nothing to worry about. I wasn't trying to yeah. make any money off of it. It was, right. you know, just, just for fun. Um, but yeah, it's got a good, re- got a good reception. It's got a bunch of like cool blogs written about it. And then, uh, Wes, even a do? Disney blog, right? Yeah. Picked Disney blog picked I mean, it up. If that's not validation, what is? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's basically yeah. permission, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the last it. True. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Wes, you do some stuff with uh, Fatherly, right? Um, yeah. Uh huh. I've done some stuff in the past. Yep. Yeah. So they're they're working on a sort of a re-edit of the video uh, right now, and then you know hopefully you'll get to do a project with them down the road too. So yeah, it's been it's been a crazy response. It's been a lot of fun. Super cool. Did a good job. Collaborations on. pay off. That's right. Let me know some more wall art. I'll I'll think of something else. Yeah, man. I you know. <laughs> I was going to build a, uh, an R2 unit, but I was worried you'd say, like, potty training? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor R2. That's dark. So it kind of sounds like that with each stage of your, your son's development that that a new thing is going to be kind of like an order. So, yeah, the, the high chair, um, you know, maybe like a big wheel uh, yeah. coming up, something, you know. Yeah. I actually started designing a, a piece today. I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but um, he needs a toy box. Um, if you think of like, and if you think about the basic shape of a toy box and then Sand try crawler. to relate, uh, you got it. <laughs> um, so I think that could be just like a really easy, it's a box, yeah. you know, with some details mm-hmm. cut into it. So you get some of those chamfered edges, right. And it would look the part. I mean, that'll be, not too mm-hmm. difficult to make look really cool. So, and then are you gonna dress your son like a Jawa? <laughs> you know, there's some there's some good Jawa costumes out there for little kids. <laughs> there's some mm-hmm. really good ones. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. Right now, I gotta I gotta finish up his wagon though. He's got a little. I'm building him a hot rod wagon out of an old, <laughs> I saw out of that. old radio flyer. I was wondering what you were doing where they had massive tires and some yep. suspension. Yeah, Harbor Freight had a sale on uh, big pneumatic tires. So I ripped off the old ones, welded up the frame, put these big tires on it. It looks like a, you know, almost like a salt track racer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I put made like a go-kart steer, steering out of some, you know, linkages from the home store. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm working on a video for that. Hopefully I'm going to have that out like really soon. And then there's going to be a part two where I like accessorize it and I'm going to do some sewing for the upholstery and stuff. And wow. nice. oh, that's sweet. Yeah, going way overboard. That's the only way to do it, man. Yeah. Little sippy You're cup You're going to do holder. it. Might as well overdo it. Little sippy cup holder. Yeah, definitely. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so someone had a question earlier. Uh, wanted to know the age of our kids, if it wasn't too personal. Dan the Maker Man. So if it's not such a personal question, can we get a rundown of how old everyone's kids are? Yes, I have a seven-year-old daughter and a almost four-year-old son. I have one... Almost three and one negative three months. Where are we? <laughs> April, May, June, July. Negative four months. Nice. Nice. I have a seven-year-old, three-year-old, both boys, and a two-year-old girl. My son is eight and my daughter is six. Yeah, my, my boy is nine months as of last week. Sweet. Time flies. He's officially yeah. spent. Uh, he's officially spent as much time out as he did in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good threshold for so nine months. So he's got his own personality now, right? 
He's got his own little, he laughs at legit things, not just when he farts. Yeah, you know, he's a quiet kid. He, you know, he's got a great little, like, old man cackle. But I'm not getting, like, the big belly laughs yet. You know, it's just a ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he sounds like the, the old Jewish boy that he will eventually become. Um, nice. <laughs> or old Jewish man. Um, Full circle, huh? But, yeah, you know, he's starting to mimic, and he, you know, I mean, he's like, I want to say he's days away from walking. I, he's probably a month away from walking. He's like, he's getting there, man. He's he's a riot. Sweet. It's it's always weird when they enter in that time frame of advanced progression. Like my my daughter recently just started with sentences. I have no idea what she's saying, but she is going on for minutes at a time, and I'm just like, wait, <laughs> wait what? Wait, is that a word? Wait. And I'm trying to get the translator going, and I can't. And then she starts singing Moana and enacting entire scenes about the people. So I'm like, maybe we've watched that. But it's it's cool. It's cool to see. Just wait till your son comes up to you and with like the most serious expression. This happened a couple of days ago. He's like, "Dad, you're boring." Oh, <laughs> I was like, "What?" Oh, my, my heart. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." And then later on, be, later on, he, oh. he keeps throwing it around, though. So it, it took some of the sting out of it. Like, we were eating dinner, and he's like, chicken is boring. And I'm just like, okay. He's just attaching it to everything now. You're at the least as boring word. as chicken. Yeah. <laughs> that lamp is boring. I'm like, have you seen your room? I'm the opposite of boring. Come on. <laughs> You're... I can control nerve guns with the internet. Okay, but what, what if he comes to you one day and says, okay, Dad. Mario is boring. Right. Pack, pack your bags, kid. <laughs> right, hop on your. Yoshi, have that on. Bless me in my house. Get out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually legitimately, as much as I'm putting Star Wars like in this kid's face, twenty four seven. I'm legitimately like looking forward to the day where he's like, "Hey, build me this other thing, like something that I have no idea what it is." Like, <clears throat> I can't wait for that day. Like, that'll be awesome. Show, hands me some random, you know, toy that he has that I have no idea what it is. He's built me big one of these. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Deacon now has been explaining to me for the last couple of months this robot that he thinks I'm I'm making in my <laughs> spare time. But he's like, he'll explain what it looks like, and so we've been going into Fusion 360, and I'll model like little pieces of it. And so it's it's. It's obviously influenced by stuff that you've seen. It kind of looks like the big round robot from Incredibles, but like with different stuff. But it's just it's his version of drawing out something crazy on a you know with crayons. But we can do it in the digital space, and it's so cool that he can see like this this cockamamie idea he has in his head, like articulate and move. And he's like, oh, I want the head to pop up, and I want this arm to move like this, and I'll I'll do what I think it should do. He's like, no, 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 not like that, like this. <laughs> so it's really fun to see like his weird little tastes and his creativity kind of come through and me being able to use, you know, modeling tools to help facilitate that is this beautiful blend of like his creativity and something that I can do. And yeah, it's really fun. That's great. But Sean, your son is actually like, he's manifested his own ideas, which is something I don't, I don't my son can't do yet he's he, i mean he does that like legos but my son right now is it seems to be going bonkers with ideas this last two weeks he has been constantly 
um, creating his own papercraft world. Never showed him anything with this. Never said anything or like showed me any examples. But he figured out how to do everything. He made a full paper sword, uh, sword and shield with multiple levels. He's doing full figures. He figured all this out on his own. And it's it's really weird how he's just constant with this right now. I kind of feel like I have created like a little monster. That, but now I have to show that little monster how to clean up after himself, and then things will be better. <laughs> it, it's, it's the third it, thing. Yeah, it's an interesting trade-off, because I never expected to have my house this <clears throat> much in disarray. But when I look at what my kids are creating as a result of it, I kind of have to stand back a little bit and think, okay, my organization can take a little bit of a backseat to what I think they are experiencing right now. And, and hopefully be able to encourage that a little bit more. That's a good stance to take because I'm a neat freak like that. And I would immediately it drives, turn on it. It drives me nuts. But when I see what he's creating, I you know, I still make him clean up and stuff after. But I, I, I'm not constantly harping on him about it. Because I remember growing up and that actually happening to me. So much that my brothers and I just stopped making stuff or stopped being creative. Mm-hmm. Well, this is play video games because there's no mess. And mom and dad won't yell about the place being a mess. And I'm I'm trying to walk that line of keeping an, a, you know, a clean household, but a creative one that kind of encourages and endorses these ideas going forward. Because his mind is in a place that I will never be. And I'm I'm really curious to see where he goes with what he's doing and what he's figuring it out. And my, my daughter, too, except in a, in a different way. She's a lot more... Um, imaginative so yeah you definitely have to be careful not to squash that that spirit uh i remember one time in my bedroom growing up when i lived with my grandmother she uh she caught me drawing on the wall and it was like by the time she caught me it was it was bigger than a sheet of paper of something i don't remember what it was but instead of like jumping on me which she definitely probably should have done right uh she just said okay there she like kind of like drew out like a little tape area and she's like you can draw within this area and that's fine <laughs> don't go anywhere else but don't you know anywhere on the house else in the house is bad just right here is good and just focus in on this i was like all right let's do it you know so that kind of set me off on a, on a better direction i think than if she would have just made me erase it immediately so I'm sure her first instinct probably wasn't to keep it. I'm sure she was pretty pissed. <laughs> but uh, I think it was permanent marker. But um, it's a solid reaction. That's a pretty yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to remember that. that. Yeah, well, I'm in that same situation where Deacon draws a bunch of stuff and he tapes it to the wall, mm-hmm. and it's not the type of tape that just like comes off. And every time he tapes it, if he tears off, it tapes off, tears off little pieces of paint. So I get super pissed at him. I'm like, stop taping things all over this house. But it's stuff that he's making. And it's like yeah. drawings that he's obviously very proud of. And at Bob's house, his grandfather had paintings everywhere. And there's like a stack, probably two and a half foot thick of old picture frames that don't have anything in them. just empty frames. And I was talking to Tiff and I was like, oh, why don't I get all those frames and spray paint them a bunch of crazy colors and just put empty picture frames like all over this big wall he has in his room now. I was like, and this whole thing could be like his gallery. It's cool. Put whatever you want to in any one of those frames. You tape it to the wall, highlight whatever you want to highlight because I'm proud of what you're making. I'm just tired of you ripping freaking paint off my walls. So I got all the frames out in the Jeep and we're going to spray paint them this weekend to give him his own like awesome gallery for his crazy 
whatever crazy drawings he has. But yeah, kind of that same That's sentiment, awesome. like yeah. trying to take something that irritates the piss out of me and then give it a place to grow and to foster. And you're going to give him the right tape too, right? Oh yeah, I'm giving thumbtacks. I'm thinking. <laughs> Put holes in the wall. Some poster putty. Give that, poster uh, putty. the green frog tape. There you go. Mm. But like the play, Sean, like you're talking about, when we moved out of the RV into this big house, I'm like, they have so much space, and there's like the space downstairs. It's huge, and like this will be like the playroom. Like go nuts down here. I won't ever come down here. So you can just make it as messy as you want to. And I'll just ignore that this whole section of the house exists. And I mean, we wanted them to grow closer and the RV was nice. And so now that's kind of backfired that they don't ever want to go play in that giant room. They just want to go play with each other in their own rooms. And I'm like, you have a place to go be messy. <laughs> they don't ever go down there. And I noticed that like my kids don't like being that far away from us. And mm. so, like, the living room, they've basically taken over. And I don't like it, but I don't know. It's kind of kept us a little bit closer, too. I mean, because they have their rooms, too. Um, yeah, just kind of the way our family's finding equilibrium here. So we have a question in the chat. Dan the Maker Man says, Do you have a specific type of making you want to expose your kids to? Matt, anything other than... Wooden Star Wars structures? Um, you know, I think one thing I definitely want to expose my kid to is making food. Like, I, I, I really want them to know how to cook. Because I was, you know, I was a latchkey kid, and I learned that stuff at a very young age. You know, came home after school and made myself dinner. And, uh, you know, it really prepared me more than like almost any other school skill that I picked up as a kid, like learning how to cook for myself. And I'm really looking forward to teaching them that. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I think I'm going to have to do that at least with my son out of necessity though, because he has a really bad peanut allergy mm. and it seems like peanuts have infiltrated everything that anybody brings or add up a package. So I, I need him to have that skill to basically protect himself. So Sean, what about you? Anything else? Um, probably a little bit of an antiquated idea in some ways, but I, I want my kids to learn how to garden mm -hmm. and kind of like grow plants and, and food. And I, I don't know if they're ever going to have the chance to really follow up on that, but I think the knowledge is, is good. I grew up with, with a lot of that. My, my grandparents were farmers for a while. They had a really big piece of land, pretty big for this area actually, and had and used to grow, grow all their own vegetables. Um, I don't know. I just think the knowledge is good. I don't know what their lives are going to look like when they're adults, if they're going to be able to do it. But I, I think that that's a skill that that I want them to have some sort of appreciation for. Working outside uh, more than what they do now. How about you, Mark? I agree with both of those. Um, I grew up, my mom grew up gardening, or I grew up gardening too with my, my parents. We had all sorts of stuff. Um, I don't know. I want her, I want her to know that, well, I want both of them to know that nothing is out of their reach. You know, I didn't, 
I grew up only knowing that, you know, constructs and Legos existed. So I didn't know there was really anything physically beyond that. I didn't know I could take, you know, a whole bunch of wood and metal and until I got a little older. And, but then to take that farther, I didn't know I could, once I got a computer, I could design whatever. And then 3D printers, I could literally make whatever. So I, I want them to know that anything that's in your head, you can physically bring to the real world. You know, you know we're at that we're at that point. So I, I want them. I want her to know, sign like basic basic engineering, basic structural knowledge, basic uh, coding. If I can ever get to it, uh, you know, just. As, as much as whatever whatever sets off that little spot in your brain that makes you go, ooh, cool. Head after it. I would love to uh, teach my kids how to make things outdoors in in the way of like like Boy Scouts kind of like out in the in the woods where you have like limited supply kind of stuff and teach them how to like do like uh, lashing and rope, like knot tying and things like that. Those are kind of, if you're not in the boy scouts, those are definitely skills that are given like no value. And they're, I think they're good just for like uh, troubleshooting purposes and like uh, developing like resourcefulness and uh, being able to overcome obstacles and challenges and things using the stuff that you have at hand within like a certain constraints. I think those are really good lessons. And, uh, I had a lot of fun growing up out in the back, uh, behind our house, um, making little forts and, and things like that. So with the bare amount of materials, I was able to make like a two story fort. It had like a roof and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I put my, t- my time into it and, uh, spent a lot of time out there and got a lot of enjoyment and personal like satisfaction and pride. And every time I, they had new friends that would come down like, oh, you guys want to check out the new, check out the fort or whatever. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. We got there to camp sometimes and just kind of goof off. But it was a good way to direct our energies in a positive uh, way. I would love to kind of, a lot of that stuff I did on my own, uh, I would like to see my kids do that and have me be able to help them out. You know, maybe throw some other things in there that they don't expect, you know. To help kind of improve, but um, it's kind of a weird talent to have. I guess you don't really get to use lashing very much in a, a modern context, but sometimes it, it helps out being able to tie some knots in ways you don't expect. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, I want my kids to be artistic because I'm not. And I'm I'm a problem solver and I'm an engineer mind. And I mean, when I was in the army, I did the stuff that you're talking about, Wes, like you, things out of necessity. You need something to solve a problem. And so when I see people that are very artistic and just have an imagination and able to take something that doesn't necessarily have to do a thing or solve a problem, like that, that I don't know, it doesn't equate. I don't understand how people do that. But it's beautiful. Like you create just to create beauty and to share what is like inside and to use your imagination. And so I would like to help them foster that idea. And 
like I was talking about art school, art school was never a thought for me because I didn't know how to draw, but I didn't know that there were so many other types of art. Like you guys did digital animation and people can do like industrial design and things like that, that are the kind of a mix of utilitarian with like imagination. I didn't know such things existed. So I was an engineer. You need a bridge. I build a bridge. An airplane to build airplane. So, so to to foster like just a flat out art, make something because you think it's pretty or because you think it's silly or because you, you know, have a character in your head that can tell a story or you know this fantastic kind of attitude that I really don't have or may have had and got squashed. But that's something I really want my kids to be able to do is just create art for art's sake. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yep. So there's also another question that Dan asked earlier on. It said, what would be the first R-rated movie you wanted to share with your kids? Uh. Mm. And I don't know if it would be sharing with them now, right? But I imagine the, <laughs> I imagine the, the spirit of the question would be sharing an R-rated movie before they're able to watch R-rated movies on their own. Maybe not right this second, but what would be an R-rated movie that probably you got to watch as a kid that didn't ruin you for good? No, I know what uh, Mark's answer is. Alien. I don't even. Hmm. No, not the not the first. Well, <laughs> hey, Thea, this is this that. is called RoboCop. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that guy melting, Daddy? Um. See, now okay, I, but... I loved and hated aliens when I was a kid because I I loved all like the tech design and the soldiers because I was I always loved that when I was a kid. But then the aliens just scared the s out of me. Um, I don't really remember what else was R rated from back then. I don't, I never right. paid attention. I never paid yeah. attention to the ratings. I no, know. I was, I was having this conversation the other day. Like, I didn't know <laughs> Robocop was rated R. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dan, that was probably my answer too. That's interesting. Dan says the Matrix. I hadn't thought about that, that's, but. That was R? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Oh, really? Movies are rated. Why was Matrix rated R? The violence. Guns? Lots of guns. The violence, the intensity, the imagery. You know, The Matrix is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I wasn't even thinking about it. But I think that would have to be my answer, but not because of the movie itself, but because of the philosophy in it. Yeah. I mean, I... Mind trip, right? When I watched The Matrix, I actually found out all the source material, and I went and read all the source material some heavy philosophical text that I never would have been exposed to. Um, so maybe from the, that intellectual standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the ones I think of are PG 13 mm-hmm. or PG, you know, that would n- nowadays be considered PG 13. Mm. I don't know why, but the first movie that popped in my head was revenge of the nerds. Um, <laughs> Is that rated R? <laughs> yeah. I think I think my pick uh, my pick was going to be Jaws, just because Ooh. like New England, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want them to make to be afraid of the water. So I uh-huh. think 
Um, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Kill Bill, just because mm. there's like, because there's so many references in that movie that I think it would send him on a path to like uh, you know try to discover what those what those references were and and like the everything from the music to the throwbacks to the old like samurai films and everything old kung fu films too yeah old kung fu films i guess my is uh enter the dragon that was rated r right yep okay that would probably be my choice then a good old bruce lee movie what movies are rated r i had to go on google and they don't have a a really long list but i i i don't know I'd almost want to play a like a joke on Markley when he turns thirteen, show him Bloodsport, and, <laughs> and then tell him like, and tell him that he has to start uh, start his training. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's either that or you got to splice in the scene from Hot Shots Part Two to the beginning of Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah. The gummy bears. Yeah. See, I'm having a hard time knowing. What movies are rated R? Anything, uh, anything with heavy violence, just except that it's probably R. Yeah, but like we talked about Robocop. Like when I was a kid, I watched Robocop. I had no idea it was rated R. It was crazy violent and yes. had avid yes. drug use. And it was just an all around debaucherous movie. But I had. How about had the first Terminator? Robocop what was that? Toy. It was R. That was R. Terminator it was up R. R. Yeah. Uh, the later ones weren't necessarily right. Uh, you know what? There we go. History of the World Part 1. I'll pick that one. Mm. That was a good one. I wanted to say The Abyss, but The Abyss is PG-13. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you a pass on that one. To mm. Broken City now. All right, so what was your first rated R movie that you can remember? God, I have no idea. I think it was Revenge of the Nerds. I, th- I think it was <laughs> Robocop. Robocop was pretty early for me. Mm-hmm. Drop it. Your move. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I seem to be rem- remember Robocop being like one of those movies that like during a sleepover, my friends and I would like sneak out of his room to like <laughs> look into the living room and watch his parents watching it. Like we definitely were not supposed to be watching it. <laughs> Like I remember, oh. I remember my dad getting our first VCR, and then we like every weekend it was let's go to the movie the the movie place rent a movie. So I, you know, I remember that was Aliens, that was RoboCop, that was Ghoulies. Go- uh, no, Ghoulies. My dad never watched Ghoulies. Critters. No. And Gremlins. Critters. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gremlins. Yeah. Uh, was Gremlins radar? Yeah. Was it Gremlins? No. No. Really? No. Hold on. Shawshank was rated R? Yep. God, I am well, terrible you know at this game. I, I actually remember Gremlins was the reason they made PG-13. Hmm. That's probably accurate. <laughs> so yeah, Gremlins was an R. I don't, it wasn't that bad back then. <laughs> Is there going to be a, a period in time where watching Clerks with your kid won't be awkward? Uh, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> or the, that genre of film, well, you know? Yeah, I've never I was seen thinking it. about, yeah, I was thinking about Kevin Smith movies and Deacon and I have been to the quick stop. Like I took yeah. him with me. So I was like, I kind of need to show him that when he's, you know, old enough to understand. 
But someone was bringing up watching VHS tapes with their friends. When I was a kid, our neighborhood uh, video store had a thing where if you got on the honor roll, you could get a free movie. If you guys had this. A, B honor roll, you could get like one older movie and a straight A honor roll, you got to have a newer movie, but it couldn't be rated R. <laughs> but there was a loophole that I found accidentally uh, that a non-rated movie totally worked. Mm-hmm. So because the movie was not rated, you could still get it with your report card. And so I think I was in the seventh or eighth grade and got to rent to Bikini Bistro, this like <laughs> sophomore porn. And I like hit it with whatever other movie I was watching at the time that was completely benign. And I rented that movie like Bingy. five times. I I can contribute. On the verge of too much information. My, no, like my academic success as a young child was completely perpetuated by me being able to rent non-rated movies from the network video. <laughs> that was fun. Matt, you Isn't still there? Frozen? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. I had to switch video. devices. Okay. No, your video is frozen. That's fine. Keep going. There oh, there he is. Uh, that's going to be... Okay, so Lockstock. Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels has got to be rated R. Yeah, it is. I think if I was going to introduce my kids some rated R movies, it would be Guy Ritchie movies. Snatch, Lockstock. Yeah. Rock and Roller. Mm-hmm. I want to watch Lock Holmes with her. The show or the movie? The oh, both actually. Both. I still have to watch the show, but I'd still love the movies. The movies are so great. Well, let's do a quick round of uh, what are we geeking out about, and we'll start uh, kind of wrapping it up here. Well, I had a weekend in Atlanta uh, at the woodworking show. Met up with a lot of cool people. Uh, some of which I had never met before in person. A lot of them I did. Like uh, Mr. Peter Brown was in town. And all the uh, making it ATL guys and gals. And uh, Izzy was down there with the Arbor Tech booth carving up a bunch of stuff, shooting sawdust and wood chips on everybody. It was pretty, pretty hilarious. But a uh, standard, standard uh, compliment of makers. It was, it was a good time. And uh, let's see. got my Nerf gun further along. So I got the Twitch controlled Nerf gun. It, We've got stepper motors uh, aiming it up and down in left and right and all the commands and fire and burst fire. And I set up a bunch of old surge cans and interesting configurations. And it's, I think people were digging it, like knocking those over using just chat commands. It's pretty fun. Did you like that, Josh? It was fun. Uh, yeah. I still am completely ignorant to Twitch. So I yeah. was typing all the words hey. wrong. <laughs> But it was really cool, and it was really fun, Wes. You did a great job, man. Thank you. Good job, Corey. Good job for all the help Corey yeah. did. Corey Crehan. And George. And I had a couple people make helping out. But uh, besides that, um, Nintendo Labo looks more interesting. They released a couple of videos um, highlighting some new modes. There's a, a garage mode where you can actually build your own devices and gameplay experiences and it's almost like visual programming you have inputs and outputs and you draw little lines and all the buttons are configurable all the sensors on the controllers are configurable it even showed two switch screens and like having elements go from one to the other like you hit like a paddle yeah all kinds of crazy stuff so there might be multiplayer and at least support for four controllers and 
it just showed people making like an, an electric guitar with it and uh, like a remote control robot thing. You can make your own joysticks that aren't normally part of the actual uh, kits. Um, so I think there's a it's going to be a huge amount of people creating cool stuff with that. It's just cool. yeah, I'm pretty excited with that. Did you watch Tested's review of the new Labo? Mm-hmm. That thing is way more advanced than I thought. It was just pan and tilting, like with the IR sensors and stuff that they have. Uh, I I pre-ordered it, <laughs> so it's April twentieth. It should be here because I was way more excited after seeing their review than seeing kind of the commercials because the commercials make it seem a lot more low tech than it really is. They do, yeah. I'll go. I'll go and go next. Um, I'm geeking out about actually a family member. Um, my cousin's son, Tyler has started doing uh, like stop motion animated films with like little Lego and he's put out a series of them. So seeing somebody else in the family that's creating something related to film and making, I think is, is really cool. Actually pretty good. He's uh, he's 13. He's already getting into this and there's a couple of videos where he even has like an animated mouth, um, over the Legos. So I thought it was pretty, pretty impressive. So I'm curious to see what he'll do over the next couple of years um, because I still haven't done any of that stuff. He's done pretty good with it. So um, Tyler, good job. Keep it up. I'd love to see more. I'll have a link to that, the one video in the uh, in the notes. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Uh, I'm geeking out about two things. Uh, my buddy Colin just got us tickets to Ready Player One. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are ready to go. Um, Good job, Colin. <clears throat> and then, have you guys watched this YouTube channel, uh, Toy Galaxy? Yes. So, I love uh, him. Toy Galaxy. Yeah, Dan Larson from Toy Galaxy. Man, he puts so much effort into his writing, and he basically does these little mini stories that are the history of, you know, whatever toys he remembers oh, yeah, as a yeah. kid. And, um, you know, I keep finding like these toys that like he talks about that I was like, I totally had that as a kid, totally forgot about it. I, I love just, that moment. He just the writing is just spectacular, and uh, he just did, you know, uh, the history of Toys R Us, and oh. uh, it's Aww, a cool. It, it's pour sad. one out for Toys R Us. Yeah, pour one out. It's sad, but um, you know, it's it's really like an, an homage to Toys R Us. Really, it's not just like a lame history story he really tells uh the story about how important it was to him as a kid and still as an adult and it's definitely worth a watch yeah i heard uh, the kp uh, toys uh, was coming back yeah that's what i was gonna say i'm, I'm not <laughs> saying about toys r us just yet because if kb can come back toys r us can regroup hmm. although although the founder of toys r us just passed away too jeffrey uh, <laughs> i was too late in saying it josh beat me to it <laughs> It was a huge coffin they had to have. Oh, man. <laughs> Charles Lazarus. So I'm I'm also geeking out about Ready Player One. I think we're going to see it this weekend. But I'm taking a, a page. It wasn't really from Adam Savage, but Adam Savage did it for Last Jedi. Is making a bingo game. Have you guys seen this? So you go into a movie, you create your own bingo card out of things you think is going to happen. And this movie's great because there's tons of like of cameos or plot twists or it's already different from the book. So we make a bingo card. You go into the movie theater. At the free space in the middle, I put the Iron Giant's head because you've already seen him in the trailers. 
So Bob and I, and I can put it up on the Dropbox for you guys if you guys want to play too. So I've got like characters that I think are going to show up, some plot twists or things I think are going to happen in the movie. And if you get bingo, then the, the group that you go with, like they have to split your dinner. So you're playing movie bingo. <laughs> so there's enough cool movies coming out. Infinity War, Ready Player One, that stupid Han Solo movie. So that if you guys want, I, well, yeah. But Josh, Josh, you got that book from me. I did get that book from you. Good at you, Matt. That was a great book. That's, a little, that's what we call a callback. That's right. <laughs> I forgot I got that book from you. That's right. With a bag full of stepper motors that we used to do the uh, the yep. automated dust collection in Bob's shop. That came to a grinding halt. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've got a random <laughs> bag full of stepper motors. But yeah, it'll be fun. So I'm geeking out about Ready Player One and fun games. Wes, what about you, buddy? Round it up. I already went. Oh, no, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> I was, I'm geeking out about uh, the new Deadpool trailer drop today, so that looks like it's gonna be funny. And the uh, Lost in Space on Netflix. That looked impressive. It looks really it looks, good. It looks good. I'm still, I'm still holding love for the uh, the rob- the first version of the robot from the movie, but. But yeah, that that looks really, really good. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Deadpool is test testing really well too, in like rave reviews. It's good to hear. Hopefully, they're uh, finally taking taking note and doing things right. I mean, finally, the first one wasn't good. <laughs> well, I mean, within the past couple of years, you know, Dead Deadpool, I completely expected them to screw up a lot more, and it was. I, I lo- it, everyone loved it, you know. It was great. I'm just wondering if the if the universes ever actually collide, could we ever potentially see Josh Brolin Cable beat the crap out of Josh Brolin Thanos, or the other way around? <laughs> and then the one guy who played Cyclops has to shoot his version in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, wait, <laughs> which the original? It's not the young version Cyclops, the older guy with the squishy face. Yeah, um, from the first movie, who, who, he was in. He was in Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Who was he? he in married, what's her name? He was uh, like a reporter or something, right? I'll, I'll find it. We'll find it later. James Marsden. Yeah, now I gotta look this up because I completely Captain missed America it. and Johnny Storm are gonna fight. <laughs> no, because they're gonna reboot Fantastic Four five more times till they get it right. Well, Thanos could merge all the uh, all the worlds in the second movie. I was wondering if they were going to do that. They like since, since since they got <laughs> since they got the rights back to everything, to most everything, I was wondering if they were going to use that as an excuse to like, yeah, how how bat crap would it be if, um, Deadpool popped up at the end of Avengers four? I still would... haven't seen Deadpool. Oh, <sighs> gotta watch it. It is a treat. If you've seen all the trailers, you've seen most of the movie. Truth. I bet there's a bunch of killing, some funny parts, cursing, and then more killing. Yeah. Guess what? You I, used to, the movie. I used to, I used hmm. to read a lot of I used to read a lot of Deadpool too, so I was really surprised at the that last fight when the guy's like Bob and I was like, Wow, really? They brought that character in too. Speaking of characters, we would love to hear from all the characters who regularly listen to the show. 
go ahead and visit the Making Geeks website. Check out the contact page. Send us some questions, suggestions for the show, anything you like. And then right there on the homepage, you can listen to all of our past episodes. And check out our impressive list of past guests, including our guest today. So we'd love to hear from you. MakingGeeks.com and you can find us across all the social medias on Instagram at Making Geeks Podcast and on Twitter and Facebook at Making Geeks. We'd like, we'd like to thank our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash making geeks, uh, some of which are actually in our audience uh, for a live show right now. Uh, as a side note, if you guys want to check out our live broadcasts, we're going to be broadcasting our uh shows at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. So tune in. We're going to try to do live shows up until Maker Fair. But we'd like to thank our patrons for keeping the show on the air and keeping uh, showing their support through their contributions. It's definitely not necessary, but we appreciate them for doing so. And our top patron, Mr. Seth Williams, thank you for your support. Patreon.com slash geeks. And you can find us individually all over the internet at geeksmithing.com and on Twitch at geeksmithing. You can go shoot some cans with an internet-controlled Nerf gun. It's super fun. Asylum Designs on Instagram, Twitter, Thingiverse, and Facebook. Geekbuilders.net. My work is at the PI Workshop, or you can find me on iliketomakestuff.com. And Matt, where can everybody find you, buddy? Uh, most places you can find me at, at nevernotmaking. Um, except for Twitter. There you can find me at Matt Reganini. Nice. So we'd like to thank Matt for hanging out with us, man. It's always a pleasure. It was good to see you again. It was a great time, guys. Thanks, yeah, thanks for man. having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Matt. Fun. Absolutely. I'd like to thank everybody who hung out with us today in our live episode. The live chat was really fun. I'd like to thank you for the questions and interaction we had from people there. And we'd like to thank everybody for listening every week. It really means a lot to us. And if you want to listen again, just like Wes said, next Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, or you can stay tuned for the audio version every Saturday. And for everybody out there, we hope you have a fantastic week. Have fun. Go make some Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Hey, Daddy Duty calls. <laughs>